What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. Do you want even more content? Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at KDJTV611, or follow me on Twitch, subscribe to me on YouTube. The handles are the same. It's KDJTV. But without further ado, I know why you guys are here. Let's go play some ball. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. This is episode 59. I'm here with Thuni is here. We're going to we're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about the twins. uh, Sigh. We're going to talk about the Yankees. Bigger sigh. Um, (laughs) We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Thuni, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, appreciate having me on, man. Looking forward to engaging in some conversation around teams that are still in the playoffs. (laughs) Well, I mean, my team did way worse, but your team ended in heartbreak there, but still a fun baseball season for sure. Yeah, I can go on. I, I had Mike Drow on a couple weeks ago. I can go on and on about the Yankees with him or without him. And it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it was quite a whirlwind of a week for the for Yankees fans. Um, before we, we hop into Thuni's story, he's got a really cool story. Just a couple housekeeping items. Stream schedule. Um, Tuesday, October 12th, 5.30 p.m. Wednesday, 5.30 p.m. Uh, I'm shooting to stream Friday and Sunday. However, it's a crazy work weekend with a giant event at our complex. So subject to change on times, but right now we're shooting for Friday, 530, Sunday, 9 a.m. I will obviously keep everybody updated on Twitter about what's going on with the stream schedule. Second thing, merch. If you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing my new Pinpoint God shirt that took me entirely too long to make because I do not know how to use Photoshop, Uh, but I figured it out. And if you'd like to support the show, support me. Thoroughly appreciate it. Never you know, ask you guys to spend money on me, but if you'd like to, I'd appreciate it. Um, there's a couple new merch. You should definitely buy it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. He complimented it without me bringing it up before. So it was nice. Um, he paid me a hundred dollars to say that. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason I can afford promos like that is because you guys buy the merch. So we continue to buy the merch. Um, also have a new shirt an outlier shirt that I made. Um, just check them out. If I remember, I'll put the outlier shirt over the YouTube video. So you guys see it. Um, Finally, last bit of housekeeping. Over the next several weeks, you'll see some redesigns on stream and on my socials. Uh, shout out to Mrs. True, uh, Maddie, and J Pro, who are in the weeds right now, putting some work in to give me some some really cool new scenes and logos and banners. We're trying to really pull the brand all together. Um, so over the next couple of weeks, you'll see that in some bits and pieces. And then when everything is finally in place, we'll have a giant rollout stream and kind of have some fun. Um, but enough ignoring my very special guest. Thuni has such a cool story because obviously very active in our community. You've probably seen him on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter. Um, But one of the reasons why he got so big the last year was just a really, really unique thing he did during COVID. And during the pandemic, um, I did my research on this, by the way, I read some articles. Because this man had articles written about him. This man had stories written about him. Um, During the pandemic, people wanted baseball and there was no baseball on TV. This was at least during quarantine. And he started streaming MLB The Show simulated Twins games and doing play-by-play, which is so cool. So I I don't know. Break down for me kind of 
where did that idea even come from? How did it all come together? Stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, like growing up, uh, something that my dad always thought was funny when I was a kid was when I was playing like backyard baseball or I was playing Madden MLB or not MLB the show at the time it was, uh, uh EA's, uh, what is it? MVP baseball? I think yeah. that's what it was. We were yeah. kids. Yeah. So when I played, I, I would make, cause I played in the basement. So I like to be away from everybody cause I would mute the audio and I'd pretend that I'm like broadcasting the games. And my dad thought it was like the funniest thing, but flash forward all the way to like COVID and I had like kind of brought up the idea of how I wanted to stream a little bit. My parents have always, and this was back when I like literally had like, I think 50 followers on my Twitch account at the time. So I started when I was like 16 or whatever. And I talked to my dad about the idea of like broadcasting these twins games that were supposed to be played because we don't have a season. And my dad talked about like how I always like seemed to really enjoy like broadcasting. I had some experience in that too. So then I ran with that and um, I started like two games in, I, I just like went live randomly and, and kind of did like the twins game that was supposed to be had. But I like, I always feel like I have to like overperform everything. It's just how my brain works. So it got to the point where like the twins would be playing, we're supposed to be playing the giants, for example. So I'd be messaging moderators in the giants subreddit saying, Hey, I'm broadcasting this fake video game. Can I like advertise it on your Reddit? And then also, hey, I need some like cliff notes to talk about while the game is going. Like, do you have talking points you guys thought you were going to be talking about during the 2020 season? Did that with like basically every team and was doing uh, games for a while. And then, as you mentioned, um, fortunately got covered by a couple of uh, news outlets here in the Twin Cities about uh, that project. And like broadcasting is always like not like just broadcasting on Twitch, but like being a broadcaster has always been a passion of mine. So that gave me an avenue to go through that passion. And then after the actual season started, I said, I might as well stream the game anyway on Twitch. And now here we are. So, and, you know, for people who are listening, I, I have some broadcasting experience as well. I mean, I was in my college radio station. I've trained in sports play-by-play and sports radio and things like that. And putting together boards for teams, people don't know a board is kind of like your giant manila folder thing that you open up and you write down bits and pieces for every single player who might see the field and you better have something on every player because the one time you don't that player steps on the field so putting together boards is a process putting in the work is a process and you know sure he's next to a computer while he's doing his because it is a virtual game but putting the work in for that is tough putting the work in for that is is time intensive so i mean you talk about how you started your twitch talent when you're like 16 I don't know how invested you would consider yourself at that point in Twitch, but ever since the pandemic began and things like, it seems like, sorry, things have just kind of skyrocketed. So how would you describe the growth from like then to now? Yeah. Uh, uh, streaming on 16 was mostly just because back then um, I was trying really hard to play competitive Madden. So I wanted like to stream my games when I was whenever I was in tournaments and it, it was just a super casual thing. I, I think the most viewers I ever had, any point back then was like 20 or something. And, and then uh, flash forward to COVID um, once the, the, like the twins project got over and I started streaming the game um, every day, you know, I, I have no idea how it happened because if there's anybody listening that is like trying to grow on like Twitch, social media in general, you got to diversify your content like crazy. I was an absolute boomer dinosaur and literally just streamed. I never posted on TikTok. 
never post on YouTube, really didn't post on Twitter that much. And like I got partnered somehow without diversifying my content. And then after I started diversifying my content on like TikTok, YouTube, other places like that, it really kind of skyrocketed from uh, like for a little bit as a hobby, got to a point where I really wanted to try and pursue it to be like a potential career. And I still don't know if that's a possibility down the road, but the whole reason why I was doing that was because I couldn't find a job in education. Like it was virtually impossible to find a teaching job where I'm at and to even find a student teaching placement. So streaming was like something I could pour my time and energy to. And I'm really thankful that uh, some people seem to enjoy it. So when you were broadcasting the games, because I, you know, when you play the game, you can play a full nine inning game online in 45 minutes to an hour. You could play a full nine inning game against the computer if you really try hard enough in probably 30 minutes. When you're simulating a game as a viewer and you're not invested in playing it or anything like that, did you find like the game speed too quick for a broadcast? Like what was the pacing like for you? Oh, yeah. And the funny thing about that is um, I, I've started to uh, like MLB The Show has their own sanction, like summer circuit, fall circuit. And whenever I've had time, I just boot up my Twitch and I cover those games mm-hmm. whenever they're going. And I mean, that's the thing about the video games like you just said, like they move significantly faster than yeah. a traditional baseball game would go. Like I got used to. So I think I did. I want to say like maybe 60 or 70 games of the fake games uh, when that was going on. And it took me until about game 10 to know what animations took how long (laughs) to know this animation meant that this animation was going to show up. So in my head, I was like, okay, you have about nine seconds to talk about how great Mitch Garver has been this game before he has to take his next pitch. So I got better at understanding those cues, but yeah, I mean, it goes by way fast. So like, I like, like going back to your like vanilla folder and having your notes you write out. I mean, you couldn't get to a quarter of them or a half of them yeah. because of how fast the game went or how the game script went. But um, that was what I enjoyed about it. Like I know a lot of people while I was playing was like, why don't you just play it and commentate? And I thought the, the fun part of it was letting the computer just handle mm-hmm. complete randomness to make it feel like an actual authentic broadcast. And I, I really enjoyed that. So. Of the storylines that developed over that shortened season, what things like most surprised you that, that you, you can still like recall right now, like whose performances were just like unreal. Yeah. Um, well, so, so going back to this current season, um, Joey Votto had, what was it? Six days in a row that he had a home run. If I'm not mistaken, I think so. It was six or seven. Uh, Mitch Garver had nine days in a row in in ours. And I don't, I I don't know how that happened. He had a a street. He ended up like, like the computer is weird with certain players where there were guys that like were kind of consistent. Like Polanco was kind of consistent, but the power guys in a franchise mode, it's just like 0 for 4, 0 for 4, 4 4 with 4 home runs, like 3 4, 3 home runs. Yeah, like it's, it's all just, or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's all or nothing, like pure chaos. So, I mean, there was some some really fun, uh, crazy games. And uh, some of the, the most fun that I had was like, there'd be a routine ground in the first and like the first baseman, because the game is a video game, like wouldn't animate. So Sano wouldn't cover first. It'd be an infield single. So I'd have to pretend that Sano tripped on his shoelace or <laughs> he saw a ladybug in the grass. Like, yeah. like those kind of moments were fun to kind of uh, play with. But yeah, I can still recall a ton of the stats off the top of my head. Cause like you said, it's just, you pour all those hours into mm-hmm. like making it feel like a broadcast. So it's like ingrained in your brain. 
Now, was it a full franchise sim or just like were there trades by the computer or was it strictly gameplay? Uh, no, it was. So I um, wanted to keep it like as realistic as possible. So I didn't let there be any trades. I, um, I, I really only made moves for the twins, like within the minor league system. So mm-hmm. like, for example, Nick Gordon came up and played actually really well in the second half of the season for the twins this year. But that was a big part of like one of my games was uh, calling like Nick Gordon up for his, his rookie debut and, and calling certain guys like, up and around the organization. But I made sure there's no CPU trades. I made sure I wasn't trading. I, cause I mean, I didn't know how long I was going to go for Like, I remember, and this goes for everybody waiting for the actual season to start. There was like three or four different times we were yeah. told there's no season. It's mm-hmm. going to start this time. Never mind. It's starting this time. So I, like, there was a ton of times where I was like, this is probably the last one. And then stream the next day. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, this is probably the last one. But uh, like the thing that I'll never forget about it. And I think, which was the coolest part for me was that all the games were like, I want to say like 15, 20, maybe 30 viewers like watched these games. And then it got, so I simmed it forward to the, uh, the playoffs and the twins because they were doing well, like made it in my sim. And I timed the days out so that the last, like if the twins made the last world series game, like the next day would have been actual baseball. Yeah. My goal was to like help people have entertainment before the season started. And the first game of the ALDS versus the Astros, I booted, I was on the PS4 at the time and I just had like the crappy PS4 webcam. And I saw like the like top right corner had like the live like comments and viewers, you know, when you're on mm-hmm. a PS4 like standard broadcast. And it was at like 140. And I had never seen a number like that before, yeah. like without a raid. So that I mean, my my adrenaline was pumping that whole time. We were in an apartment with me and my wife, and I'm sure I angered some neighbors that night. But that was probably my favorite stream that I'll ever have. I don't think anyone will top that. Uh, me and my girlfriend live in an apartment now with paper thin walls. And going back to the Yankees, <laughs> watching the Yankees over the last week, I think I've pissed off plenty of people. So I, I can relate to that. Um, yeah. As far as the viewership goes, I know we talked about the growth. So aside from the growth. Did you find that the people who were coming into your streams of those games were just like, oh, we're Twins fans who need our fix? Or were they actually MLB The Show fans who now have translated into your current streams? You know, I would say, uh, so I, if I recall correctly, I might, be, I might be incorrect. I know as of right now, I'm around um, uh, like slightly over 10,000 followers on Twitch. And when I ended the virtual Twins project, as I called it, I think I ended with around 800 followers on Twitch. So it still wasn't like a gigantic Mm -hmm. part of it. It was a start of how I got going, but you know, I really only three or four people ish are in my streams every day. Now. I mean, a lot of people were there and rightfully so a lot of people were there to try to find baseball content that wasn't there. Um, One of my favorite things about how I started it was the twins actual schedule. They played the athletics, like three of the first five series, if it was actually going to happen in 2020. Mm -hmm. So I was posting on that Oakland A's Reddit every day. And there were people that were A's fans that were jumping in my stream before I went live, like leaving comments, like getting excited for the game. And then the schedule turns over. It's like, this is the A's. I was like, I know, like I'm doing the twins games. I'm like, okay, bye. And I'm like, okay, well, that was kind of weird, but I'm like, like that kind of stuff was pretty cool too. Yeah. And I know, so obviously you weren't doing this from a gameplay perspective. You were doing it entirely as a viewer. But did this teach you anything about franchise and what it lacks in MLB The Show? Because a lot of my guests that I have on here, 
think all of them are online players. And I'm sure not every listener is an online player. Some of them are offline and prefer a better franchise mode. I don't play franchise a ton. I actually have a couple content ideas that I'm thinking of to get involved in it, but I don't know. Did it teach you like, is it lacking something? Is it, is it fine the way it is? What do you think? Well, yeah. So I, I, um, and it's, it's weird that I mentioned this, but like I, I was pretty consistent on YouTube and TikTok for a while. My new job um, as, as a paraprofessional is like completely consume my life. So I'm trying to figure out how to balance. That's everybody's like issue, right? You work 40 mm-hmm. hour job yep. trying to balance content creation, but um, like I started a Madden, uh, franchise where I'm doing the same bit where I'm commentating for like the Washington football team is who I'm doing it with. But like some I've noticed in Madden is I love how detailed like their scouting is like, it's a really, really, and it's, it is in the NFL. Like the draft is the biggest part of the whole season. Whereas it feels like for baseball fans, the MLB draft, not as important because these guys are in the Midas for a while. So like, I, I would love if there were things that made, the minor leagues like really important. Like maybe instead of playing the twins game on April 24th, you play the triple a affiliate and you have to have a good game with the, the, mm-hmm. like the top 100 prospect. If you have a good game, then their like potential overall when they come to the league, maybe goes up or if you have a bad game, maybe it goes down. Um, I, I brought up to a couple people that are, I, I'm not saying I'm close to anybody at SDS, but I, I sent DMS and tweeted people and tried to have a conversation about, I love what they did in Road of the Show where they've had like that kind of like following radio show around your player. Yeah. I would love if there was something like that in franchise mode. It doesn't have to be as detailed as an actual show, but like even text prompts. Like I feel like just like it's an 162 game franchise mode. Like there should be like little week, there should be weekly goals. There should be like, like maybe a, a fake Twitter banner on your side, like with people tweeting like, God, the twins suck or God, the <laughs> twins are awesome. Like, and those tweets could affect like your player morale. Like there's so many things they could yeah. do that. I, like the most important part of me, even more important than, than gameplay is the immersion side of it. Because if you come home from work, like, or, or if you're a kid, come home from school and you're not constantly thinking about like the 37 and 20 franchise team you have, you got to get them on a winning streak, then they're not doing a good job. So any way you can keep building that immersion, I think is what's going to really make people happy on playing. And I would love more stuff like that for franchise mode too. I know a lot of people complain about like the trade AI and the trade functionality and stuff like that. And one of my content ideas, and it makes more sense now is rebuilding the Yankees, which seems like a funny thing to say, but like, how can we rebuild this team and make them win? Because for some strange effing reason, they don't do that. Um, I'm hesitant to start it because I could easily manipulate the computer to make the trades, to make my team better. I want to keep it fair. I want to keep it real. And I don't know if franchise as it's currently constructed can do something like that. Yeah, I mean, the issue that because I was considering doing a franchise mode as well, but I mean, we're, we're both like working a job. And if we mm-hmm. had the luxury of as much time as we could, I feel like the best way to honor it from a viewer perspective and your perspective is to just research the rumored trades and you control every trade in the league and you just do those trades. Yeah, because the CPU trades are outlandish. I mean, Ant Ortiz tweets out, it feels like maybe every week like some Mike Trout for two random outfield prospects with deep potential. And like, I don't know, like, like Rajay Davis or something. And like, (laughs) you get Mike Trout for that. Like that would never happen. Like it's just, and and the weird thing is that they made a huge point that the trade system is better 
this year, like they were adamant that this is like the best trade system you guys have seen. And it clearly isn't. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what, what got messed up there, but like, I love diamond dynasty. Like that's, I, I love streaming and I love playing online. Me but too. Before I started streaming, like I, like I've been playing this game since MLB 08 and I always played franchise mode. So I would love for there to be, more of a reason to play franchise because like i like we both love playing online but we also would love to just play a random game against baltimore in april like a nice nice chill game you talk to your chat more like that would just be more fun so um i think we're both hoping the franchise gets big updates in the future here i'd love something like that because i like you said i love online play i like testing myself online I feel like my online skills this year have gotten exponentially better than they ever have been before. Like I have, I'm 70 games over 500 and ranked. And for me, that's like, how is this possible? Like this is, I was like 500 last year. So I I enjoy seeing my improvement, but at the same time, if I want to have fun with content and do theme teams or chat, pick my players, I'm playing on hall of fame every game. Now I don't feel comfortable doing that because I'll get my shit kicked in. So it's, you know, it's, it's a weird dichotomy. Like you want to, play the best, but you also kind of just want to chill sometimes. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that the next game, I'm sure they're putting a lot of work into it because Lord knows they haven't put a lot of work into this one since it dropped. Um, but hopefully they give us a franchise that's worth playing. You know, their big thing this year was like, we have depth charts now. You've had them before, guys. Like, yeah, Ramon, come yeah. on, don't. Yeah. Ramon has given us depth charts before, and they have dark mode now. The screen is much easier on the eyes. Those are the two big improvements to franchise mode. Um, yeah. That I'm just, you know, I, I'm hopeful for franchise. Like you, I grew up playing like single season mode or franchise mode, whatever it was called. I remember I used to play on rookie mode and try to go 162-0, and 0, which really in, on rookie mode is not that hard because I just wanted to see what the stats looked like at the end. And I would quit games if I started losing because, I, you know, I was a little shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's like I used to live on franchise mode. I used to hit like 200 homers in a season with – you know, Albert Pujols or whoever it was. That's, I don't know. I, I miss it. I miss that, that thrill of playing franchise. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely like, we were like both speaking for how I'm sure a lot of people feel. And it's just like, I, I really feel like, like, even though gameplay, like lining up perfect, perfect sucks, but I, I feel like if, if there was just more of a focus towards like that, uh, like that immersion and, and, and like, even go back to the old MLBs, I mean, a big part of your franchise mode was saving up enough money so that your players could travel on a plane versus on a bus. <laughs> like I remember checking like the transportation services. I remember um, raising popcorn up to $7 to see like how upset the fans would get. Like I miss quirky, dumb stuff like yeah. that. Like that needs to make a return too. Yeah. Like managing, managing the budget of the entire stadium. Oh, we'd like a new field. Oh, well you got to, your beer price has got to like double. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. was cool. Um, yeah. And you know, they've clearly put a focus on the online play as they should have at a certain time, because online play is what PlayStation and Xbox games are now. It's all online stuff. Um, but there are still people who don't want to play online or would rather spend most time offline. I think they did a good job this year with making all cards acquirable by pretty much everybody. For the most part, obviously, like World yeah. Series and BR rewards, you have to play online. But you could buy them, and they're cheap enough now where you could get them. Um, yeah. But the next step is is giving offline players what they deserve. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree with that. Um, so 
last thing wrapping up uh, of this first part of the, the episode here, if there's one thing that you think you learned from doing your, your Minnesota twins project, did you learn about the art of streaming? Did you learn about yourself? Is there something like super inf- inflective retrospective you'd like to tell us? Like what, what did you get out of the entire project? Um, like looking back to now, like, like what has, has helped me with, with streaming and really life, life in general is that, um, like I, I felt like, and I still kind of feel this way, but I'm, I'm trying to get better with it. But one thing I always struggled with was like, when I met new people, like I had a hard time, like having a conversation or jumping and saying hello. And, you know, when I first started streaming, like I remember getting super nervous and, and everybody's been at that point where they see like the viewer numbers go up and they get nervous that like, Oh, this is a new person I'm talking to and they're hearing the sound of their voice and all that's really like intimidating and weird. But you know, that was an opportunity for me to like put myself up there in a really uncomfortable way. I I mean, I like in like looking back on it, like pretending that I'm like looking at it from a far away, I was a random dude sitting at a computer commentating a video game to, to people on the internet that wasn't a real game, but I was acting like every game was game seven of the world series. I mean, there'd be a home run to put the twins up in the eighth inning. And I always told myself that I wanted to give that emotion that it was real. Like there is um, a, a, um, on my channel, one of the older clips that I have is I, I think the most prominent clip of, of that project where it was like, Eddie Rosario hit a walk-off home run. And at the time I, cause COVID was weird. I was working at uh, a, a Chipotle near my parents' house. I was living at my parents' house and my, my parents were like upstairs. They heard me shouting about <laughs> what happened. So I ended streaming. My dad was like, like what the hell happened? And I was like, Oh, some guy in a video game that I was commentating hit a walk-off home run. Like in the grand scheme of things, super weird, but it made me feel more comfortable in, in my own voice. And, and, and it was, it was fun. Like that's what streaming and making content should be is that it's fun. So it, and that's why I'm still doing it and plan to do it for a long time. And it was an outlet for you, but for your viewers, you were doing it for yourself. It gave yourself, you know, obviously you enjoy it. It was a project for you. You got satisfaction out of it for yourself, but for those 30 people who were showing up to games, that was like their outlet. They needed that because during the, yeah. the pandemic, there was nothing. There were no sports. It was the last dance documentary and that's it. So yeah. like you, you gave them kind of somewhere to just hang out and have a little bit of normalcy. Um, it, it's going to be really weird to look back in like four or five years when like the first like real documentaries come about, like come out about the early part of the pandemic and mm-hmm. remembering what like going to the grocery store and seeing that there was no toilet paper. And like, I, I mean, I, I can't even think about it now. Like it feels like that was so long ago and that was only like a year and change ago that all that was going on. I mean, it's still technically going on, but not as like crazy lockdowns as we had before. Dude, it was crazy. I had to have my mom ship me latex gloves because I couldn't find them anywhere. And my grandma was driving from South Carolina up to New York and I'm in the middle in Baltimore, kind of the middle. And I asked her on her way to stop by and bring me paper towels because I couldn't find them anywhere. The pandemic was effing weird. It still, was, still a little strange, but yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be something that our grandkids are going to be completely puzzled about when we show them like pictures of just, it's going to be. It's yeah, they're going to be, be like, what do you mean but... toilet paper? Jeff Bezos' Amazon wipes my ass or some shit like that. Like they're going to, it's going to be strange. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. So we're going to hop into the ads like we always do. Then we're going to talk. 
we kind of already talked a little bit about it, but just the state of MLB the show, we're at kind of at towards the end of the content cycle, maybe a couple months, months more worth of stuff. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the twins and kind of just, I don't know, be upset about our teams together. But first, first we're going to hear from thrive fantasy. Like we always do. Uh, Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app that is based around player props. It has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research like some of those other DFS apps because it only asks you about a, uh, excuse me, asks about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. To play MLB games uh, or NFL, NBA is coming back soon uh, if you're a hockey person, sure. Uh, Choose five out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on how likely it is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points possible, and you could win a share of the prize pool. If you're looking to play games and make a little bit of money uh, during your favorite sports season, uh, use promo code the show the pod. Promo code the show the pod when you sign up for Thrive Fantasy today, and you'll receive an instant twenty dollars bonus on your first deposit of twenty or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store, Google Play Store, or by going online to thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Next. Uh, Our friends at Dugout Creative, they make comfortable shirts and uh, they're big, probably having your favorite streamers merch on there. So if you're a a consumer of MLB The Show content, Twitch streams, YouTube content, whatever it is, your favorite streamer probably has merch there. Uh, And they're, I can't stress this enough. They're incredibly comfortable shirts, like super duper, super duper comfortable, man. They're absolutely fantastic. Their short sleeve hoodie is one of the most comfortable items of clothing I own. Um, so dugoutcreative.com, use coupon code KDJTV. You get 15% off your entire order. Uh, dugoutcreative.com, KDJTV, get you 15% off. And uh, thank you if you use the code. I love you. Thank you. Uh, finally, Rogue Energy, our newest friend. I'm going to sh- show everybody on, on YouTube. This right here has made me more cracked out of my mind than I've ever been in my entire life. I, I'll, I'll tell the story till the end of time. It was Battle Royale. The situation was I was playing a man who was 56 and zero. That's correct. 56 wins and zero losses. Um, I made him quit after the first inning because I hit eight home runs in the first inning. Every single ball I touched was an absolute nuke. And I don't hit that well. I've only gone 12 and 0 once and it wasn't even in that run. So that stuff will just get you hyped up. That's the hydration formula. Rogue Energy's hydration formula has all the benefits of its energy formula, but no caffeine. You get the same focus. You get the same, I don't know, other qualities. Um, but it's incredible because it dissolves completely in liquid. You don't get any of that chalky stuff at the bottom. Completely dissolves. Tastes incredible. This one is the dragon fruit mango. Doesn't sound like it should work. I don't even know what a dragon fruit tastes like, but it tastes phenomenal. Uh, so if you go to rogueenergy.com, use coupon code KDJTV, you get 10% off your entire order. Uh, energy formula, hydration formula. They have a shake formula. Um, I promise you it's worth giving it a shot. Rogueenergy.com, coupon code KDJTV. So we are back. I'm starting to read less and less of these ads and just ad lib them. And you know what's fun? I don't think anybody cares. So I'm going to keep doing it that way. I think people like the ad lib. That's (laughs) something that people like. I hope so. The stories end up being pretty similar every time, but it's better than reading like, you know, scripted copy every time. Yeah. Uh, so, like I was saying, we, we touched on this a little bit in the first half of the show, the state of the game. We talked mostly about franchise, but at this point in the year, it seems abundantly clear to me and many others that other than, like, really necessary patches, like the PCI fix they just did not too long ago, 
they're not going to fix anything in this game. I think they're focusing entirely on 22 because otherwise they would have made legitimate changes to several problems that have existed in this game for a long time. I'm just curious what you think about the state of like online play and how frustrated do you get versus like, ah, it's just a video game. Yeah. Um, Like, I would like to think that the reason why we haven't seen really extensive patches is because, um, you know, one, uh, it's it's the first year that Xbox is integrated. So I'd imagine they probably got word from like Sony or SDS, Xbox as well, that this is like a really big year for us. So maybe the best approach is to be more standoffish because if we're constantly fixing things. We might screw the game up more. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think another issue is that uh, they might have anticipated a certain like server load. And that's why they ran those tests before the game even came out. And I think that they probably found out early on that they were going to be in trouble on high stress days. And I, I, like we've seen what's happened on like big days where we can't get in or like there's freeze offs. But the thing that's been worrying me and I and it's probably just the happenstance of me checking Twitter and having certain people that I follow. But it looks visually as uh, like someone who streams and someone who's constantly trying to consume as much MLB content as possible. The freeze offs are happening more often. I know yeah, they've been happening more why. often. Yeah, like they've been happening more often to me. Um, something that's been communicated on Twitter is that they want as much video proof as possible. So like I've had freeze offs and I've just been like, I told myself to be quiet and just record what's happening, tweet it to uh, like the devs and just like, here's another example of a freeze off. I like, it, it's really weird because I, like and I'm speaking for myself, but I'm sure a lot of other people feel this way. Last year when we had COVID, like there was literally nothing going on. So all anybody did was play this game religiously yep. every day last year. Yep. And while I do feel that like this game is better than MLB 20, I'm feeling significantly more burnt out playing this game than mm-hmm. I did last year, which is weird because there's a whole new battle Royale program there's pinpoint pitching. There's the stuff that were new that were added, but man, I, I am really like, I'm struggling to find um, the ability to stream for like four or five hours playing this game. Like I used to do that. No problem. It'll be 20. This game, it feels like three hours is a lot. And like the lineouts are, are one frustration, but uh, something that I, I, uh, Quash, I know, I preached a lot last year. He hasn't been as vocal this year because I know he got a new job. Mm -hmm. But speaking on Quash's behalf, the foul balls have been were ridiculous last year, and they still are ridiculous this year. Um, my my feeling is that because there's a new market on Xbox, they didn't want to completely make it swing and miss baseball. But I mean, like the very late, the very earliest of the PCI is not on the ball. Super frustrating. The other thing is that. Technically, from SDS's word, the PCI is not your bat. It's like your eyes. So that's a Which super is silly weird, to me. Yeah. I, I don't understand that at all. So, uh, like, it, hopefully next year we hear that now the PCI is a bat. Maybe it changed to the hitting engine. But I would anticipate zero touches to this game outside of McGunsky highlighted, like, exploits mm-hmm. that we're seeing that they can manage. So um, it's going to be a tough couple of like four months here unfortunately yeah. the the issue you touched on so many good points and I, I, i've said this a few times on the podcast so it's going to sound repetitive to some listeners but the whole that's baseball crowd 
there's a partially correct there. Baseball is a game of randomness. Baseball is a game of, Oh, I only got a 70 exit velo, but it was placed in the absolute perfect spot with the correct spin. It ends up being a hit. I get it. You know, if, if pitchers are going to consistently throw one Oh two up in the zone, you're going to get some fluky base hits. It's absolutely going to be a thing. The problems that I have are with the inconsistency of it all and how I can have the same exact input on the same exact pitch with the same exact hitter as my opponent and my opponent will get a double and I'll swing through it or because the timing windows are an enormous problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check swings. SDS said, Oh, they'll be better this year because now they're entirely determined upon the player as in the user, not the game, but check swinging has never been harder or more inconsistent. It's a yeah. train wreck. And so it's the inconsistencies at all that bother me. And that's what frustrates it for me. I, like you said, I usually stream like three hours. It's hard for me to go more than that because any more of that, I feel like my head's going to explode. Um, yeah. And it sucks because it's my favorite. I love baseball. It was my thing. Uh, so I, I don't know how they fix inconsistencies, but if I were the devs, that's what I'd be looking at. Yeah. It, like going back to the inconsistencies. I mean, there's been times where I have slammed my X button on my PS five controller into the earth's crust. And I still gotten a check swing. Yeah. And there's been times where I've barely breathed on it. And my guy goes all the way and it's strike three. I mm-hmm. like for them, bringing up the check swings were addressed and me still having though, like one moment should clearly be strike three. And it was a ball. My guy checks somehow. Now I know like the discipline rating still technically matters. You know, they said that's not a big part of the quarter last year. Cause if you remember the 99 Gary Sheffield last year, like 123 discipline or something. That man should so, never be able to check swing. He is so aggressive yeah, so, with the bat. Absolutely not. I know. So <laughs> all year in LLB 20, if you're facing Gary Sheffield, you're never going to get him to swing on the outside of the plate because it'll always be a check swing. Yeah. That was like uh, Ty Cobb a little bit too. But yeah, like those inconsistencies are frustrating. And just like one point I always try to bring up whenever I'm talking about MLB the show to, to anybody I'm on your podcast, I'll bring it up here. Um, I am a huge presentation guy. So if you notice when you're playing moments and you hit a perfect, perfect, no doubt home run, it's not just watching the ball go. It quick cuts to the player in the box admiring their home run. Yeah. I need that animation in ranked so badly. I can't even express it. I, I like, I love how pissed off that would make the guy who allowed the home run, <laughs> how amped up that would make the guy who hit it. Like the game knows this is a home run. Cause it, it cues it. And like, even though you're not seeing the animation online, you're seeing, for a blip while the ball's carrying Miguel Cabrera doing this little like holding the bat up thing. Yeah. Like uh, Didi Gregorius tossing it into the other dugout. Like the game's doing that anyway. So I love the camera pan to that too. Cause that would just be like more added emotion for mm-hmm. online play too. They, they do stuff for the animations and the visual representation every year. And for the most part, they are better. Like the number of no doubt animations that exist in this game. I couldn't even believe like there are, probably thousands and some of them are the some of them are the funniest things i've ever seen like eddie matthews throwing his bat at the umpire essentially or reggie jackson helicoptering into the dugout those are fun things but sometimes the animations that they put into the game they think will make it better and they actually make it worse my least favorite one is the outfielder with a diamond shield stretching for the ball in a gap and it goes past them and now suddenly the the runner is getting two extra bases out of it when in yeah. all reality, I played center field my entire life. That never happens. Like literally almost never happens. It's, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense why 
some fielding in general needs an overhaul, but like diamond shield means nothing. Eddie Murray is the worst fielder in the game and that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that, that was uh, yet another point SCS made focal during the, the pre-streams for the game came out was that there was a big adjustment to defense. I mean, they even had one point in the stream where they broke down catcher stats. They're like, catcher stats are going to matter this year. And no, they it couldn't doesn't. matter like, less. It's just, yeah. it, it, uh, it's just, and speaking of, like, you talk about center fielder, like, as a catcher, like, I, I would love if there was a real added value to pop time, if there was a real added value to – like not only blocking, but how quickly after that block can you tra- like transition to a throw? Because maybe someone's not stealing second, but if you have like a JT Romuto or you have like a really good defensive catcher and you maybe catch them in La La Land between first and second, they're going back to first. If you have Gary Sanchez, he's going to block that ball and he's going to slowly pick it up off the dirt because he's uh, Gary Sanchez. But if you have like a solid defensive catcher like Yachty, for example, Might who can maybe do a it. quick throw from his knees, yeah, yeah and like yeah. rip it to first. Like those would be animations that I would welcome to the game because I would highlight like the defensive nature of, of the players. But yeah, I mean, like Frank Thomas still is the best defensive first base in the game, and that should not be the case, but no. that's that's where we're at. So like, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this, and I need you guys all to run with me for a second. This is not an elitist baseball person take. I think I'm pretty spot on or at least close enough with this as far as video games go. NHL, Madden, 2K. I don't really play FIFA and I don't have experience with FIFA, but maybe even FIFA. There are only so many things that can happen in a given moment, right, in those sports. The games, for the most part, are pretty linear. Ball's going to be dribbled up the court. Ball's going to be shot. Ball might be stolen, ball might be blocked, but like that's virtually all that could possibly happen. In baseball, there are so many little micro things happening on every single play. So much of it is timing based, like stealing, like pop times, like throw releases, like swings. I think that's why it's been so hard for SDS to program a quote unquote perfect game, because there are so many small things in baseball that I don't I don't know if it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. And, and you know, one thing that I think is super um, interesting that that I saw kind of tweeted about in some comments uh, the other day was, you know, uh, like uh, some that Madden, it feels like Madden's done this forever. Is that in, in like because the, there's a couple of prime examples like OBJ makes his catch. So the next year in Madden, the new addition to Madden is now everybody can make the OBJ catch. Yeah, and that was a super annoying part of that Madden. But you know, I think they're also trying to look at like real things that happen to tie in animations. And one thing that's kicked up a lot in baseball recently has been the cadence of pitchers, like going from a slow cadence to like going to a quick fat, like Nathan Evaldi during the wildcard game. Like there were certain times where mid stride, he would quickly come home instead of bringing his knee all Mm -hmm. the way back up. And that got Stanton and some other guys a couple of times. Like those are some things that I would love to see added. That would be a huge thing to add to the skill gap would be adapting to different situations like that. But I mean, before even stuff like that gets added, we have to figure out like how guys are feeling it off the wall, have to figure out um, why, like one thing that is, is super weird. I've never understood is how like turning double place, like, like, and now that there is some animations, but if you got two diamond shield defensive players turning a double play, it feels like the silver shield defensive players still turn that double play just as fast. Like, yeah, I feel like there should be that penalty or that reward 
to like going defense or going to a batter. And that would just make the competitive landscape mm-hmm. all that much better too. Yeah. Like you don't want to add more attributes to the game because that would just complicate things further. But like you said, with middle infielders turning double plays, like a transfer cork where they transfer the ball quicker or because you don't want yeah. the stat, you don't want like a 99 transfer stat, because like I said, that adds more to the entire algorithm, but just yep. something where like, Second baseman has a diamond shield. The ball is not sitting in the glove. It's a quick pop out. And they're just, they're throwing it to first base. Um, outfielders with urgency, like you said, they should be able to, AI should be able to, to tell the, the, the player like, oh, there's someone rounding third. I need yeah. to throw the ball. Like I can't the just pro hop so 12 bad. times. Oh man, I could rant about that forever. It, but it's so bad sure and inconsistent. Yeah. Like I said, like you'll get a guy with a bronze shield who's the fastest at releasing the ball you've ever seen. And then Cody Bellinger, who's a diamond at all three outfield positions, takes a sweet ass time. And I just, yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it's pretty weird. It's crazy. Um, so the game, as we've discussed, we hope is better. Um, MLB The Show 22. And it'll be the SHO 22. Cause if it doesn't have Shohei on the cover, I'm gonna be upset. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Be I, I hope so that, that cool. happens. It'd be yeah. so cool. Uh, I hope it's the best game we've ever seen. You know, they got the Xbox stuff out of the way this year with introducing it to a new audience. Hopefully as Dimu jokes, the small boutique Sony store buys bigger servers. Like I don't like, let's have this game work all the time. That'd be nice. I think yeah. now that it we really know would. how many users there are going to be, um, but I think the future looks good. If we could get this level of content, no more, no less. Like if it w- if next year's game was the same exact level of content, maybe strategized a little better, but the same exact level of content with better gameplay, I don't think a single soul would complain. Yeah, for sure. So that's what we're hoping for. It's October 7th when we're recording this. There's probably two more months of unique content coming out before they have like the forever event. And you just win standard packs in December, which yeah. are oh so useful. Um, yeah. You know, but a new game's coming soon. It in all likelihood will not be delayed like it was this year. We're probably looking at like a mid March release. That's all speculation, of course. Uh, normally in the game cycle, I think we get the next cover star in October, usually. So who knows? Maybe we'll get it soon. They might surprise drop it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, cause we got the last one in, uh, February, if I'm correct. Right. But that was, that was very late though, because usually that it was, is the October. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, they could keep to the February schedule now, but at this point, pre-orders for the game will be full swing by February. So who knows? Um, yeah. but we're going to talk now about the state of something else and it's the Minnesota twins. Um, massive disappointment this year. And I don't mean that as like a, Yankee fan, like, haha, my team was in the playoffs. We sucked too. But I think people yeah. expected a lot more from the Twins, even at least contending a little more, maybe yeah. not a guaranteed playoff spot. What went wrong? I mean, I, I, what do you see? Well, like, the number one issue that they had, and it, it was like, I, I'm turning 25 tomorrow. So it's been. Oh, happy about birthday. 20. Look at that. Your happy thank, birthday thank episode. You. Yeah. Hey, happy birthday episode. Um, so I've been watching the twins for, for not 20 some odd years. Cause I can't analytically take things in as a five-year-old, but I, I mean, for the years that I've been watching the twins, this was by far the worst performance of a free Asian class that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Now we didn't go highbrow. I mean, we went J.A. Happ, Matt Shoemaker, Andrelton Simmons, like Alex Colme. Like we didn't go, we never go for the top brass of free agents, but 
It was I bargain mean, shopping. Pat, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was bargain shopping. It's fine. And, you know, speaking – the thing that Twins fans, like hardcore Twins fans have been bringing up all year is that uh, Matt Shoemaker, who was – if you don't know who the Twins are, you don't know how Matt Shoemaker did, he was absolutely awful like he's really been throughout his career except for like one year – he costs the same amount of money as Robbie Ray costs, <laughs> and Robbie Ray did pretty good for Toronto. So, right. um, mon- so money's not always the way that you buy a good free agent. Your research, your scouting is a big part of it. Twins clearly didn't do a good job of that. A lot of injuries this year, too. Um, you know, Buxton um, sounds like the Twins are going to be invested in making an extension offer to him. As a hardcore Twins fan, I think that if you don't sign Buxton, that's a huge mistake. I don't care about his injury history. The last thing that I want to be doing is watching him hit home runs and steal bases and rob home runs for like the Yankees or somebody else. Well, like, I here's just- a quick aside. I tweeted this literally today. I tweeted this today. I said, I do not think the Yankees 2022 center fielder is currently on their roster. I know Aaron Hicks is under contract for like four or five more years, but he's like 10 million per. You can trade yeah. that contract. If the Twins are going to trade Buxton, you better not let him go anywhere else but the Yankees. You better trade whatever the hell Minnesota wants for Byron Buxton because that man went on the field is a superstar. He's he's arguably the best outfielder. And and I know Trout's the best outfielder in baseball. I'm not going to get in that argument. (laughs) But, I I mean, Buxton, from when he first came to the league to where he is now – I, like if you look, uh, there's a really cool tweet. I could try and DM it to you after, so you can maybe put it up on the YouTube mm-hmm. video for people that are watching. But there's a tremendous side by side of Buxton's first cut. Like I think it was the second at bat ever for the Twins at the Major League level, compared to like one of his home run swings this year. And I mean the swing, the flight path of the bat, the, his low transfer they're night and day they're not even the same player mm-hmm. i mean he has figured it out like he knows how to hit a baseball he knows how to uh like get that that launch angle the exit velo um now the number one issue is learning how to play the game safer you never want to tell yeah. a guy to not play the way that he's been playing well like a but, bryce harper um, has kind of learned to play safer he's still a little reckless but look at him he played almost every game this year or he might have even played yeah. every game i don't know yeah so, so Buxton, um, I, I really hope is someone the Twins bring back. Um, Jorge Polanco, you know, people think that, ooh, like, where'd Polanco come from? All-star in 2019, he was playing with a broken bone in his ankle all 2020, so that was not a real Jorge Polanco season in my eyes. So 2019 and 2021 are full seasons for Polanco, and they were phenomenal full seasons. So you have a power-hitting second baseman. You got um, – Nick Gordon, who I thought looked great, could play some shortstop. Royce Lewis probably won't be called up for the Twins next year until later in the year. But, like, I, I still think, the, like, the Twins have a roster that can compete for the AL Central. I'm not saying they compete for the whole thing. But, you know, the White Sox are playing the Astros right now. And the White Sox finished below 500 against 500 teams or better through the season. They're playing game ones against Houston. Last I checked, it was like six to one. Houston was drumming them. I'm not sure the score now, but I mean, Houston is a team that has playoff experience and they're clearly showing that the twins. I mean, we've had experience at losing. I mean, we haven't won a playoff game since I was eight years old and we haven't won a series since 2002. Um, A lot of the time that's my team's fault. So I apologize. Yeah, it's, (laughs) Yeah, it, it's um, it, I I will never forget being in college and um having the wild card game against you guys and watching the first inning and 
going up in Yankee Stadium. Irvin Santana takes the mound, and then Dean Gregorius and the uh, rest of that Yankee I lineup love happens. And I love Dean. I, I know yeah. you do. I, I, I can't believe the Yankees didn't offer him a lifetime contract. I mean, he was – Don't get me started there. Yeah. I, I think he ba- – I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think he – I'm not exaggerating either – I think his career numbers against the Twins as a Yankee, he was batting over 430. I think he literally killed us. Like I wouldn't be was, shocked. Man, yeah. he was so good against the Twins. But so uh, so but like Twins, you talking? Uh, sorry, you yeah, go. Sorry, you go. You go. Yeah. I, you, you go. All right, sorry, sorry, <laughs> guys. This happens when we record virtually. Sometimes there's little stutters. Um, but. Yeah. I look at like one of the trade. The Twins did a pretty decent job of like realizing they were out of contention and trading some pieces. I get it. Trading Barrios was a weird one to me. Uh, you get a great player back, but he was still under contract, right? And you need pitching. It seems like the Twins' problem very often is pitching. So what did you yeah. think of like deals like that? Did that make sense to you? Yeah, so the Barrios trade was one that was discussed a lot here in Minnesota that like even if you don't like Barrios, like you still need – you have five guys in rotation. It's not one-man rotation. So like – the, like the thing that I want to express to, to people that aren't twins fans about, he's not an ace and he will never be an ace. He has not shown anywhere near enough consistency to be the ace of rotation. He's a phenomenal three or four starter. He's like the best three or four starter that you could ever have. He's not a two. He, he's he, after like July, the August and September, he is unrecognizable. His curveball has no spin on it. His fastball loses his zip. His changeup falls apart. I mean, he's, I think he's got a six or like just below a five, eight ERA career in September. Like he's an awful pitcher near the end of the road. And I know that he's been trying really hard to work on like his longevity. Cause like April, May Barrios is every year is Barrios going to be an AL Cy yeah. Young. No, he's not, but he looks great to start the season. So I think Brios could be really beneficial in like a six-man rotation where he gets less starts so you could save his arm a little bit more. But, you know, like losing Brios sucks, but the Twins got a really good haul from Toronto. Like yeah. I was I, – when I saw that trade, I was streaming and I walked around here for 10 minutes. I couldn't <laughs> believe what we got for Brios. I didn't think it was worth that. Blue Jays evidently thought it was worth that. And uh, Nelson Cruz getting traded um, like sucks because I, it's – like I, I really – like in my heart of hearts, I felt that if the Twins won a World Series with Cruz, he would retire as a Twin. I mean, he's talked numerous times that he mm-hmm. loved it here. I mean, we built, and this is the funny thing to look at the race stats. The Twins built Nelson Cruz a nap room in Target Field so that he could, during games or before games, he could go there and nap. And he, like, that's a dumb that's one thing to bring up. But, I mean, he talked about loving it here. He also talked about after he got traded that he wouldn't rule out coming back to Minnesota this year. So if he comes back next year and we get the haul that we got for him in, like, Joe Ryan, who looked fantastic mm-hmm. uh, for the Twins uh, the rest of the way, like, Joe Ryan looks like a, a three-starter, a fringe two guy, like they got some guys coming up that could be four or five starters. But I mean, the thing that we'll be looking for forever that we haven't had since Johan Santana is an ace. And we just haven't, we haven't had that here. So that's the, the ever looming search is will we ever have a full fledged rotation here in Minnesota? 
well, maybe it's a guy like Ryan, potentially, who knows, he could figure something out. They keep giving, uh, how do you know how to say his name, Belazovic, Belazovic, they keep giving him high diamond cards, so yeah, maybe he'll Blaze, be Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, he's, he's been, he actually had a good second half, but um, his minor league numbers have not been real promising. He feels like a real inconsistent starter, but you know, the thing about baseball, and I mean, baseball fans know this, but these are long careers. Like this is not like the NFL as a running back where they got like a four or five year shelf life and they're done. I mean, you got guys like Max Scherzer, not comparing to Max Scherzer, but you got guys that and Verlander before he got hurt that can do this for a very long time if they know what they're doing. So maybe he figures it out. He knows what he's doing and the sky's the limit there, but you mentioned uh, Robbie yeah, Ray twin. literally figured it out this year. Robbie Ray exactly. has never really been good before. He's always struck Kevin Gossman for the giants, like exactly. Kevin Gossman for the giants. Another yeah. one too. Yeah. yeah. So at any point, especially for pitchers, because pitcher is such a finesse mental game that if you like, just get in the right frame of mind and really learn what your stuff does, you can succeed. Some pitchers try to be what they aren't, especially young pitchers. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, finding an ace is very difficult. The Yankees were fortunate enough to buy an ace who didn't pitch like an ace a couple days ago, but the Yankees can't develop pitchers worth a shit. I mean, Luis Severino yeah. was great and then was missing an action for, for two years. So uh, uh, I get just it. To, to, uh, just to jump in quick on the ace that didn't pan out against Boston, you know, like New York markets like that are very hardcore. Yeah. Like, like I, it's, it's win every it, win, winning is expected in those kind of markets. So coming from my nice Minnesota, nice like atmosphere where I do anything to watch us barely make the playoffs and then lose again. Cause I just missed the thrill of it all yeah. where we don't have expectations on world series really around here, but you know, like I, I would like to think that, you know, Garrett Cole had a really weird year. Like there was the whole spider attack thing. There was the, like still getting used to being a Yankee. And this was his first playoff game as a Yankee. I, I mean, there was a lot of uh, first one, right? I'm not, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Was what, this first? first as, I, no, they were in the playoffs last year. They, um, I'm trying to remember what a start was like last year, but that was no fans. Like, like that like, last year was like, a weird like, season. No fans, yeah. but also shorter season. He had to like stretch himself out again. Like there's a lot of yeah. weird factors this year. So, so basically you're looking at year one is set. And this is how everybody in was treating 2021. Yeah. 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 Like year, like year one in full for Garrett Cole. And if, if there's enough people in that clubhouse that say like, Hey man, like that game sucked, but like at your best, you're one of the best in major league baseball. The Yankees are going to be fine. I, I don't yeah. think that, like, like people on Twitter that are saying regretting signing Garrett Cole, regretting idiots, uh, like like trade him, idiots, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you're looking at one of the best pitchers in baseball who just had a tough season. I mean, like the the greats have all had a season where they have not played very well, and that's going to be something. Should the Yankees make the playoffs next year, and he's pitching maybe against Boston, maybe against somebody else, that he'll have that in the back of his mind, and that'll be fuel for him to perform even better so if you're a yankee fan you should kind of be excited because i think that his work ethic has shown that he's gonna make 2022 a really good season so yeah the spider tech thing was funny the first full season with the yankees because 2020 was such a i don't even know how to describe it such so just a weird season uh there's a lot of talk that he might have pitched a little bit of hurt i think some of his hamstring was off and if it impacted his landing and delivery like you can look at his starts from a month ago versus his start last night and his deliveries looked a little bit different. 
So maybe he was overcompensating for something. You still hope your guy who is an ace pitches like it. I think Boone left him in too long. That's a running theme with Aaron Boone, just mismanaging every single pitcher he's ever touched. Um, hopefully he won't be back sidebar. We don't talk about that too much now. Um, but yeah, uh, futures, futures can be bright for all these teams if they just make the right plays in free agency and maybe find a diamond in the rough, like a Robbie Ray who ends up pitching well, or like Nestor Cortez this year ends up being a real pitcher and not like a batting practice machine. So, you know, things happen. Hopefully the twins, I I like when the twins are competitive because the twins are fun. The twins have always been fun. Um, I just remember uh, maybe it's because I, I used to be Robinson Cano's biggest fan. Love Robinson Cano. Yeah. I think he got his first major league hit against the twins. It was in that stupid stadium with the bag in right field. It was a Metrodome. Metrodome, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Metrodome, yeah. I, you know, the days of like Johan Santana and Francisco Liriano carving up every offense they faced were really cool. So yeah. I hope they're good again. And I hope they – I still hope they lose to the Yankees. But it would be cool if they yeah. were fun. Yeah, like – and, you know, like I, I feel like of the Minnesota sports teams that are in this town – I feel like the Vikings always have the best probability of winning a championship because it feels like the ownership group is consistently trying to make – like even though the Vikings have never won one and probably never will, they're <laughs> trying every year. Like you can yeah. see they're trying to put a good effort out. The the ownership in, in Minnesota, it, like we all can feel it that there's not a lot of care there. I, I, I mean there were people that were saying now who knows how it could have pan- – probably could have panned out like this again. But there were people after last season – that we're saying the twins are like this close. If we actually try and make a splash in free agency, like we could do pretty well. Like there were rumors that instead of Marcus Simeon or instead of Andrelton Simmons, rather the twins were close on Marcus Simeon. Look at how different our season is. Just imagine. Short, Just imagine. And Simeon up the middle. Imagine that. Like Robbie Ray was in discussions with the twins. Imagine that. And, and, and like there's now hindsight. So it's 2020. Maybe Jay happened. Some alternate universe could have been great for the twins. Who knows? But like, it, like the reality is, is that this, this free agency was not very good. A new GM and like management came into town about three or four years ago, emphasizing them to get the most out of the ownership group that they can do. Every GM, in my life has said that. And as twins fans, if this off season is not them trying really hard to bounce back and they just kind of let the twins falter and become like a four or five team. Like we finished then. Mm. I, I mean, it's really going to feel like all hope is lost as twins fans, because it's just like, like Josh Donaldson was super random. Like I remember when the news that we signed Donaldson, that deal happened. I, I kind of looked around at my friends and I was like, first of all, like, I don't think we needed him, but second of all, I've never seen us do that. Like, like that's a real baseball just, player. We're yeah. That's yeah. a real guy coming here. <laughs> yeah. Like this guy, this guy's can hit like he's, yeah. he's Josh Donaldson. Like he's not like some random Joe Schmo that sucked for the Mariners for like three and a half months. So that was, a cool sign. And if stuff like that keeps happening, then I'll be really happy. Yeah. Guys, we're going to close the show. Like we always do. We're going to talk about what cards for the twins. Do we not have in this game pre-recording? We already stated the obvious. Everybody in the world wants Joe Maurer. I think Justin Morneau would be a lot of fun. We've probably already mentioned guys who you'd like to see. Um, Who are they? And before actually we get into that, where in the hell is 99 Kirby Puckett Ramon? Did you kidnap him? Why haven't we gotten him before Hank Aaron? What is going on? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm anxiously awaiting 99 Kirby Puckett <laughs> to come up because uh, his 89 
Um, I was made fun of by a lot of people in the community that, I mean, obviously like everybody, like you're a Yankees fan, you probably certain Yankee players in your lineup longer than like, if they're an 89, there's a 95 that comes out. You keep the 89 in because you feel like you love that card. It's just a Yankee. Like I love Kirby Puckett. So obviously he was in my lineup for a long time. Can't wait for 99 Kirby to come out whenever he does uh, come out. I'm assuming he's an inning program in the next one or two inning programs is my assumption on when we're going to get him. Or an but, event I mean, maybe. I don't, I, I, see, it just seems weird to me. We're going to drop Kirby Puckett after we drop Hank. Yeah. When I talked about strategy of content before, this is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, I understand the want to give players the good cards. Like everyone's been waiting for Hank Aaron, but no one's going to use Kirby other than, than Thuny now. So I, I yeah. don't, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. It's kind of uh that's kind of bizarre, but um, you know, looking at um, other uh, twins that they could acquire, like something that, that I, that it, it feels like there's, it's kind of happening is that, like Jacoby Ellsbury is a great example in my mind is that it looks like STS is going for either a highbrow legend or like a middle tier guy mm-hmm. that it's not a lot of money for them, but it's still a fun name for people to jump onto. Like Jacoby Ellsbury did not have a hall of fame career. He did no. not do a crazy amount of like accolades, but for a little while, he was a very good outfielder for the Cleveland Indians. So like Grady, when, Grady, Grady size, size you mean? Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. Who did I say? You said Ellsbury, but I, Oh, I was sorry. Fine. I was, I was yeah, tracking. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, going yeah, back yeah. to uh, uh, Sizemore. Excuse me. Yeah. Um. So like, when Grady Sizemore got announced, like that was like, wow, like Grady Sizemore. Does that mean we're getting more of these like random mm-hmm. guys that were just okay for yep. not okay, but like not Hall of Famers? So like, looking at the Twins, um, the first name before I go to like the bigger names that haven't come out yet, um, Eddie Gordado was called Everyday Eddie back Ooh, in his prime for the Twins. That's a good and one. That's so that's not El only a fun. Yeah, 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 exactly. So so he'd be a lefty reliever. There's never enough lefty relievers in mm-hmm. this game. So like Eddie Gordado, Everyday Eddie, El Gordo, whatever you want to say, <laughs> would be a huge addition to the game. Um, I'm also a big fan of, like, more representation in the game. So not just, like, finding every white legend you can find. Like, there's a lot of people that play this game. So you find people from different, like, cultures that mm-hmm. were, like, still very important for, like, the Twins, for example. So I would love Eddie Gordano to be added, um, you know, thinking of some more guys like that. I loved um, – I, I still think, despite all the names you might be thinking of as a Twins fan, I loved Michael Kadire. I just, yeah. What a nice his, swing his, he'd have, too. Oh, his game and how he treated baseball and, and how he carried himself. I always – I really looked up to Michael Kadire when I was a kid. So seeing Kadir being added would be awesome. Now, I mean, obviously, Johan Santana's the probably the number one outside of Joe Maurer legend that people are waiting for for the Twins. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Francisco Liriano just retired from baseball this year. Maybe it was last year. I'm not sure. It was one of the two. Think... I don't know if he took 2020 off because of COVID and then didn't come back, something to that effect. Yeah, but, but like with Francisco Liriano – um, like seeing a prime Luriano card with his slider mm-hmm. would be like a 97 Luriano would be unbelievable. I, I would have so much fun with that card. So, uh, Luriano definitely won outside of Santana. Now Santana probably being the most marquee name outside of Joe Maurer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, other than a lot of those guys, um, I can't really not like a Nick, a Nick Punto, a 92 overall Nick Punto. Adding adding in Nick Puto would be the craziest <laughs> meme in the history of. I, I can't imagine 
like opening up your Twitter and seeing a notification for the end of the show for the new event and like a 92 Nick Punto showing up. I'd be yeah. like, are you serious? Like why? We already have Pee Wee Reese, which is like 1920s Nick Punto. So I don't, I don't know if we yeah. need another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you did get a cool so legend this year in Joe Nathan though. And I'm a fan of that Joe Nathan card. I've always liked Joe Nathan. So that was cool. Yeah. Joe Nathan being at it was awesome. Uh, like him, Joe Nathan, Maurer, and Morno were like my big three as a kid. Like those are the guys that I just every time they were on. Now Johan obviously being one of those two, but like any time that like Joe Nathan came out for the ninth inning, I, I I was literally as a kid sitting like right underneath the TV and just watching it like it was my first time watching baseball. I mean I Joe Nathan closing games was fantastic. Um, Eddie Gordon, like I mentioned, would be awesome. Uh, Jesse Crane, kind of a weird righty hmm. reliever that could be fun. He's been around. I'm not sure. Yeah, not sure. Like he had some success with the White Sox as well, so that could fulfill a couple needs there. But you know, looking like across the diamond at some other positions that maybe you could see. I, I mean, like Delman Young won a Rookie of the Year. Delman Young wasn't very good for the Twins. And I also don't know if a he's of- a great person. Hasn't he done not some really. stuff? So I yeah, don't know. I, I'm not sure about the personal history of Delman Young, but if there is <laughs> anything, yeah, we don't need to touch anything there. But um, like not speaking of twins, uh, my favorite player period. I don't know why this became my favorite player growing up, but not on the twins. I loved Adam Jones so much on the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. So if there was ever Adam Jones getting added, I literally every franchise more to play as a kid, I would trade for Adam Jones to go on to the twins. So um, I loved Adam Jones a lot on the Orioles. Um, but going back to Minnesota, I can't really think of uh, – Carl Pavano would be kind of interesting, but not hmm. a 92-mile-an-hour fastball. I mean, you'd get cooked yeah. with that online. Yeah. So um, that's pretty much it. I mean, like that's – but that, you know, sums up my franchise. I mean, there hasn't <laughs> been a lot of notoriety around here since – I mean, we haven't won a championship since 91. And when we've had – six, I mean – the, the the worst like the greatest worst season we had in 2006 had the MVP the batting champ and the Cy Young all on one roster and we got swept by the Athletics in the ALDS like that's also not the, supposed to happen the MVP that should not have been the MVP because Derek Jeter had a better year and I will die on that hill he had well, that analytics- was the only year he should have been MVP he had a better year <laughs> analytics were weird and like. <laughs> The late 2000s and early 2010s. I mean, that was, I mean, they were like, I feel like baseball players now should be very grateful to be playing when they're playing because advanced analytics play such a big role. Mm-hmm. But I mean, man, back then it was, how's your, is your batting average and home runs and RBIs good enough? Like that's literally the yeah. only three stats they looked at for giving out awards. So um, Jeter definitely uh, probably got hosed there, but um, yeah, I mean, they definitely didn't look at advanced analytics at all back then. I don't think so. No. Um, All right. So this, this has been such a cool conversation. Um, You know, it was cool to learn more about your story and how you kind of, I don't know if we want to say got started, but really got into streaming and things like that. Um, Guys, just as a quick reminder, again, streams are Tuesday, Wednesday, and hopefully Friday, Sunday. Again, we'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, merch, if you want to buy it, I'll love you eternally. So I will have the link to that, uh, in the YouTube comments or YouTube description. I will also have the link, uh, pinned to my Twitter page, uh, at the, right at the top. It'll be nice and shiny. So you can see all the cool stuff we have. Um, 
But Thuni, before we go, let people know where they can find you if they already haven't and uh, what they should expect from you in a typical stream. Yeah, um, so my name is uh, Thuni with with four U's. If you misspell it, I'm sure I'll still pop up somehow because it's kind of a, a weird name. But uh, that same name is uh, my Twitter name, uh, my Twitch name. YouTube, it can't be my YouTube name because YouTube says re- like repeating characters is against their mm. TOS, which is odd. So my YouTube is just my name, Austin Thune. And then my TikTok is my Thuni name as well. But um, I really like to talk sports when, I mean, that's everybody in the stream, but a big emphasis when I stream is I love reading chats. So people will comment how the playoffs are going, how their fantasy team sucks. And I love reading about that. So, and reacting to it as well. So uh, mostly play MLB, been doing Madden to pass the time in like kind of the off season of MLB the show. But uh, when MLB is lively and upbeat, I'm playing that religiously almost every single day. But uh, yeah, that's where you can find all my stuff. Austin's a cool guy. He had a, a lot of really cool takes on this podcast. I very much enjoyed talking to him. So thank you so much for stopping by. Um, maybe there'll be a part two in the future. Who knows? But yeah, um, who knows, man? Uh, appreciate you having me on. Of course. So guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, I appreciate you for stopping by. And I will talk to you all next week.